You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Lisa Lutz is the author of the Spellman Files Mysteries, which include The Spellman Files, Curse of the Spellmans, Revenge of the Spellmans, and The Spellmans Strike Back. David Hayward is a writer and editor whose poetry has won the Pushcart Prize and has appeared in Harper's Magazine, but not the 90 times that it was mentioned in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Their new book, written together, is Heads You Lose. Thank you for joining me, Lisa and David. Thanks so much for having us. You know, this is such an interesting book, and I'd like you to give us some of the background. Tell us how you first met and where and when. Um, Actually, I don't think either of us could tell you exactly where and when we met. But we met at some point in our our mid-twenties through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. Um, What happened? I mean, how did you become involved? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, where where were you? I don't remember exactly. you know, I am sure it was some drunken night Ever, after yeah, yeah. being in a bar. I mean, yeah, boozy, boozy days. Because they're very boozy days, um, parties at people's houses. I don't know. Right. I mean, I think that uh, we were, there was a certain, like, there was a certain comedy from the start. That, mm-hmm. And once we realized that that was, there, I think we always bonded over sort of jokes and making fun of one another. And, and we are actually very different in every way. Um, That's quite clear from the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have we have a very different upbringing and, and and different sensibilities. I mean, Dave's, you know, you know, he has a graduate degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. Um, I was writing screenplays when I met Dave, and he was writing poetry. I mean, these are two very different things. Yes, they're writing, but I mean, I was literally working on for ten years a mob farce, and that's what I wrote. That was uh-huh. my life's right. work up until the age of thirty, and Dave was writing, you know. Pushcart prize winning, whatever. Pushcart prize winning. <laughs> now you were you were living in San Francisco at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you you became an item, and <laughs> it it didn't end well. <laughs> I'm taking an it. Item, or, that's an you're still you're still friends, but uh, well, we we we're friends now. We're friends now. <laughs> today. Yeah. Today. During we're... during your visit. Okay. Good. <laughs> we. We, we have, in the course of our relationship, because we've known each other now about 15 years, I'd say. So there have been several years that we've actually had off in mm-hmm. terms of talking. So like a, there was a two-year stint, maybe there was a one-year stint, and, and there have been a few months here and there. Mm. Right. Yeah, the two keys to our friendship survival mm-hmm. are uh, geographical distance <laughs> and <laughs> intervals of silence. Yeah. Sounds like a, a, a plan I'm not unfamiliar with. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, Lisa, you came up with the idea to collaborate with David on this book. Why did you do that? And yes. That, now, uh, and also, uh, you mentioned a previous attempt at collaboration in the book. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to keep in mind that some of the book is real. It, it's, mm-hmm. it is as it's presented, and then some of it is is as a put on. Mm-hmm. So the previous attempt at collaboration I actually was not with Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave had suggested uh, us collaborating on a screenplay a long, long time ago. And I knew that that was a bad idea. But I did, I have... <laughs> why did you know it? And why did Dave 
Why did you suggest that you guys were the, should collaborate on this screenplay? I don't actually remember clap, uh, <laughs> suggesting that idea, but um, I don't know. I, 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 early on, I uh, tried to help Lisa a little bit with her screenplays, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just had a lot of fun with that. And I think always he, thought we'd yeah. come back to it someday. So. I, I think Dave really liked the idea of working in a different form besides poetry, mm-hmm. and but I think Dave really. He just doesn't think in terms of sort of big picture story, whereas I'm, I'm very much big picture. I mean, uh-huh. I think this would be a good point to like that that somebody asked a question about our who's a better writer, um, and right. what did you say? If you want a sentence, I am. If you want a book, Lisa is. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so this book is not everything that it appears to be. No, right? not at all. Okay, so it's not only the fact, the apparent facts are a work of fiction as well. Some are and some, some aren't. Okay. And we kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll tell you, you know, there's certain things in the book that really did happen between us, mm-hmm. and we are exploiting our past mm-hmm. for entertainment. But then some of the things that we claim happened didn't happen. Okay. So this um, is a very interesting conundrum for the reader to, to sort out. How to, a good so, way to look at it mm-hmm. is like a literary mockumentary. Okay. That's I think that to me was the easiest way I could sort of explain it to my editor mm-hmm. in the early days when I was writing it without her approval, and, <laughs> and she was very much like, "What? I know I don't understand." <laughs> so you proposed this to David. Yes, I proposed it to Dave. I mean, my thing was after writing four Spellman books, mm-hmm. I knew what they wanted me to do, which any Spellman series. Five. Yeah. Yes, any series writer, if the series does okay, they just want it to keep building because that's what happens. And I just knew I couldn't write another Spellman book. And I also knew I couldn't write a good Spellman book at the time. And I wanted to do something new. So at some point I just, I had this idea because I kept reading about all these these crime novelists, you know, they're from Patterson and his, you know, his stable of sub-authors <laughs> to... It's a factory. It's a factory. Two other, like, there are established in the crime writing world, like Reed Farrell Coleman and um, Ken Bruin. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll write as teams, and I always thought, how on earth do they do this without killing each other? <laughs> and then at some point it, it occurred to me that, you know, if you flip-flop the chapters and then you... So, I, you know, in our book, I write the odd chapters and Dave writes the even ones. But what if the conflict becomes part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of, you let people into a little bit about what's going on in between, but you're sort of pre- pretending that there's this distance and, and you're not, you know, we're reading each other's chapter without knowing what's coming. Mm-hmm. And then we're responding. But clearly, we're not writing the same book. <laughs> no, no. So, Dave, yeah. talk about getting this, receiving this proposal. Here you are, you're you look like a kind of a studious guy writing who probably writes poetry and so um certainly writes poetry so when lisa came to you with this proposal what did you say well i'm really more of a retired poet okay Uh, it's uh been about 10 years since i've been really an active poet Mm -hmm. but anyway um i i thought that uh it was worth a worth a shot i didn't think um we would um survive it (laughs) you know I'm I'm a freelance writer and editor and Mm -hmm. I get kind of weird difficult projects all the time Mm -hmm. but never this interesting Mm -hmm. but um, uh, it sounded like uh, 
something that would be <laughs> at, at least a fun story. <laughs> um, but I, I never thought we would, uh, or I didn't, I didn't really expect we would see it through to the end. Mm-hmm. I thought we, we wouldn't be able to, to. So you thought you, you guys would blow one another up somewhere partway through it yes. and say, I, I distance time now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what Dave exactly. thought. I I really loved the idea. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It was like I always say, I, I can't write a book unless I see it first in mm-hmm. my head. And I saw it. I saw it finished. I mean, I, I I never doubted that we would finish the book. I mean, I knew I was going to have to be like a Dave Wrangler in terms of writing, and, <laughs> and I knew I was going to be pushy and difficult. But I really, I never had any doubt. Well, that's really interesting. Now, when you brought this to your editor, mm-hmm. instead of a not Spellman Five, uh, she was not. Uh, she was less than thrilled. Well, what happened was when I told her that the next book I was writing was not Spellman Five. So, mm-hmm. you know, with with a series, normally you'd have some sort of deal set up, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm just going to write this book now. And I was telling her about it, and at first she was just like. Do what you gotta do. I mean, she was sort of accepting that some. <laughs> I needed to switch things up after four years. I mm-hmm. mean, it was more like five. So, she was reluctant at first, but then I mean, my editor and I are very close, so we would chat a lot, and I would start to tell her about what was transpiring during our collaboration, and I think that's when she started to get on board. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I had a we had a party at my house, and and a friend of hers was there. And Dave, and this guy didn't work in publishing at all, and Dave was telling him the idea, and he really liked it. And I think when she heard that sort of somebody outside the publishing world sort of caught on to the idea right mm-hmm. away and was like, oh, I like that. I think I would want to read that. I think then she realized, wait, maybe it's not so crazy. Maybe maybe Lutz hasn't completely lost her mind. <laughs> now, uh, let's talk about the story within, which is, it's a mystery. Right. Um, you guys set off, you set up some rules. You came up with all the rules, or did Dave have any negotiation in those rules, Dave? No, we sat down and created those mm-hmm. um, together. We had a list of, of rules um, that are not that premise. are not in the in the book. But, oh, really? Right. We have um, rules that are not in the book, but the premise, the the way it's constructed, is I told Dave that was exactly how it was going to go. Mm. As odd, as presented, as presented, with the splitting so, the money fifty fifty if it ever gets published. With which you gave, and you, and we get a wonderful untitled. Uh, Title page. I like that. Untitled <laughs> page. You guys have fun with typography with Lisa Lisa <laughs> Lexton in twenty four point type. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa more fun with that than I did. Yeah. <laughs> I would it's imagine. Not, not so. far off from the final cover of the book. <laughs> so what were the rules that you established that aren't in the book? Yeah, you, you Dave remembers those more. They're not important um, to me. <laughs> you broke them anyway. There was I, I remember one was uh, we had uh, kind of a safe word, which was Cordell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, I forgot about that. We used to watch Steelers games together, and, uh-huh. and Cordell Stewart was yeah. Favorite I liked piece. him. Anyway, it was it was I I knew there would be major arguments, and Cordell was supposed to be a signal that like this is getting too serious. But we like, didn't we have need to, major arguments. We need to just um, kind of cool off and yeah. Um, and it was it was just quickly apparent that. Um, there are going to be too many case, too many instances of, of calling the safe word. Yeah. So, so we we just kind of got over it, and it, and or I accepted that you know we were we were going to disagree pretty often. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think Lisa had a smoother experience than I. I, I had a much smoother experience with mm -hmm. the whole thing. I mean, I you know I found moments frustrating and and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think it was all that difficult. Now you set this in one of the things I really like about this book is you've kind of one of the first uh, really I think pretty good explorations of a kind of a subgenre, the pot growing mm -hmm. mystery subgenre. Um, and what interests me about this setting is, is that most drug-related mysteries, the drug itself fuels aggression, fuels um, violence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but nobody ever got hopped up on marijuana, really, and, and went out on a killing rampage. Right. They were like on a sleeping rampage. Yeah. And, and we have this perception, though, but it's still illegal, and there's still violence associated with it. Right. Balance that against the, the perception of marijuana as, you know, a medicine that is outlawed and on its way to eventually probably being legalized. Talk about exploring that culture, and how much time did you guys spend in uh, medical marijuana country? Okay, so I actually I have to give Dave credit where credit's due. Dave did most of the... This is all Dave's purview, the whole marijuana thing. Oh, and that's but, that. Um, as 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 we learn in one of the notes, um, <laughs> I never I never knew you know so much about it. It suggests right. something about our relationship. Yeah. Well, I I live uh, not quite as far north, but mm -hmm. up, up near um, up in Healdsburg. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, impossible not to kind of know people in that business if mm -hmm. you live up there. So um, I don't I don't know it very well, but I know I know uh, how difficult it is still um, just to kind of get by in that business. Why is it difficult? I mean, it seems like they're making handfuls of money. Uh, well, I guess not not the people that I'm familiar with. <laughs> like it, it's just there's just a con. Uh, the biggest problem um, um, from in terms of the people that I know, is just um, getting flaked upon by the other people in the business. <laughs> oh, really? So uh, somebody yeah. hauls away a, a, a bale of, of good stuff and doesn't uh, bring back a, a mini bale of good money. Or just somebody not showing up or not promising what, not doing what they'd promised to do. Mm. But I'm, I'm not an, at all an expert in the industry. And I, my initial impulse um, was like, oh boy, I'm writing a novel. I'm going to research the hell out of this. I'm going to learn a lot more about this subject. And Lisa and I are going to drive up to this fictional, you know, this area, which is much farther north, mm -hmm. and really learn, learn what it's like up there. And when um, Lisa immediately nixed that idea, maybe partially because she didn't want to take a road trip with me, <laughs> but I think also because she understood right away it wasn't that kind of novel. Mm -hmm. And I think that... That kind of paid off because um, in the finished book, I think Lisa's idea of what Mercer looks like mm -hmm. and feels like is totally different than than how, how I see it. So it's, <laughs> it plays into the conflict between the two of us and yeah. the kind of tug of war over um, you know taking control of this book and making it the way that we would want it to be. So my my chapters are much more interested in what it what it feels like in that town and the colors various, um, mm -hmm. yeah details and, and Lisa's are much more about um dead bodies advancing the plot yes, yes. yeah killing, salt, killing off terry jacks she has this weird weird <laughs> idea that that a murder mystery should be centered around the murder um, yeah the murder call me crazy and figuring out who did it <laughs> so. now uh 
Lisa, did you write your book in this house? Um, no, I wrote it in a, a, in the house in the Civic Center. Mm. So, yeah, I wasn't living here at the time. But um, so you wrote here, and he was where did you work? up in Healdsburg? Up in Healdsburg. Yeah. All right. Now, um, so you exchanged your chapters back and forth. Yeah, it was mostly Just by email. email. We had one writers' retreat, and then we would uh, at some point we got to, we would get together periodically. Because four chapters in, we, we started it the way we pretended. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were writing it the first four or five chapters blind. And then Dave realized that it just... Which just means that we had no idea what the other person was going to write. Oh, really? There was really? no plotting yeah. ahead. There was uh -huh. nothing. But then Dave realized that it, it ultimately wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. Like he, he felt like he couldn't write that way. And, and, the, then, and for the reader, it would just be too disjointed. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it would just be off-putting. Like that was the constant concern was right. you know this needs to to work as a page turner mm -hmm. in right. addition to being interesting as a kind of battle between these two co-authors but it has to feel spontaneous you can't feel like it was plotted out so there was always that balance that we were working on and that's one of the things i think you're really successful in in, in keeping us feeling as readers i mean you know i really had to question as to how much of this was invented and how much of it was just you know um Crafted, and it sounds like a lot of it was crafted. The, the kind of the the, the broad interplay. Strokes were, yeah. were crafted. I think all the all the hostility between us <laughs> is based on genuine. Yeah. Animosity. <laughs> right. So that's that's genuine genuine animosity driving the book, and that's that's yeah. interesting. Well, and as a book, it's, what's so interesting is that we do have two completely different plot lines, and as readers, we're equally invested, and in some ways, almost more invested in a plot line that gets fewer words. The, the, between you two, <laughs> and so uh, talk about um, waiting that for you, and those those little short passages are really important to the reader. And right. so talk about uh, each of you creating that. Those back and forth are also really funny. Thank, thank you. <laughs> that is that is genuinely, I think, similar to our way of communicating, which mm. surprises people. Um, but for me, the the back and forth, the author notes at the end of the chapters. They're really important because they they give you the clues for what to look look at when you're reading the chapter to see how the author the writing author is surfacing mm -hmm. their own personality through through the the characters and through the way they're trying to sort of derail the other author as <laughs> as the book progresses. So you know I uh, I did we were aware, aware of the fact that people were on some level you know the epistolary form is very agreeable. Um, to read. Oh, it's very easy to read. It's very, people love it. And mm -hmm. so we knew that we had to like, we had to figure out a way to not make it too important. We didn't want people to like nod off during the crime novel mm -hmm. and like just like rush through to get to the, the, the letters. But, um, you know, the letters are important because they let you know what to look for. Well, one of the things that, that interests me in the crime novel is the contrast between your styles. Uh, David, talk about, this is your first essay into, you know, really writing mysteries. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> talk about being on the receiving end of Lisa's advice, which is often not kind. Right. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I'd... I'd uh, Initially, and, and more and more so as we went along, I saw my role as kind of the antagonist in the, in the book. Like mm -hmm. Lisa is trying to write this straightforward mainstream novel with the conventional <laughs> satisfactions. 
and, uh, <laughs> wow. and my job was to kind of yeah. uh, mess with her. And um, so uh, every time she complained in that note after a chapter about something I was doing or not doing, I would just do it a little more or find a new way to do it. <laughs> Is that what happened? And, yeah. But I also think the notes between the chapters, um, I imagine them serving um, as uh, as a way. Well, I, I I hope they keep the reader engaged. Like I I thought that there would be some points within a chapter where we're messing with each other, and the reader would get kind of exasperated. Oh no! It's and, so then, much. and then at the end of the chapter, I mean, then you could at least look forward to the other author's complaint about it at the end of the chapter. Right. So that. Um, well, for people who love to read, I think this is such an interesting book because it's all about language <laughs> on, on every level. And what's interesting is that it's language that's apparently carelessly used and, and sometimes purposely, uh, purposely abused. I mean, David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> least, well, yeah, I, would, I would never use those words <laughs> in any kind of writing, including poetry. But the, the minute Lisa complains about my overuse of... of you know, fancy words. Fancy words, as she calls them. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I have to, you know, make them fancier and fancier. So. Well, we'll talk about uh, the intricacy of uh, going back and forth of pl- uh, putting, planting seeds in these little uh, missives, the, 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 the right. between, and then bringing them, growing them to fruition. Now, Lisa, you have a lot of fun with this mystery. It's kind of it reminds me a little bit of. Uh, um, murder she wrote and set in hot country <laughs> too because it's such a that small town feel right no exactly yes well I mean the, the thing about small towns is there's you can have a sense of, of claustrophobia mm-hmm. with them I mean I, the Spellman books are all set in San Francisco and it's a very small city that it just feels contained it feels like it's so much better to create a story there because it's, it's so focused mm-hmm. so but I mean yeah I I'm sorry, I know I lost my train of thought. But what was the question? Small towns. And, and Small towns. I'm not sure what the... I mean, the appeal is that you have a limited number of characters. It's, mm-hmm. And it's... on. I, I hate the word cozy, and I hate cozies, but in a certain sense, it was going to unfold like a cozy, and it was going... You were going to have a certain number of suspects, and it was going to be that, that kind of world where um, you sort of slowly um, exonerate certain people based on, you know, their alibis and stuff like that. Like, I knew it was going to be, it was going to unfold, like, a slightly too traditional mm-hmm. um, murder mystery in terms of the, the story itself. But um, I think a small town suited it best. Mm-hmm. Now, David, uh, talk about uh, creating some of these wild characters you create, in, in particular, Terry Jacks. Uh, Terry, Terry Jakes. Jakes, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it's, uh... wow, where did he come from? I guess he's kind of a composite of uh, a few people I know. Um, Up in Healdsburg, eh? Well, yeah, and, and maybe parts of myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't, I, think, um, I, I think because Lisa kind of took the reins in terms of the plotting mm-hmm. right away and um, complained immediately about my failure to move the plot forward, it was just an invitation <laughs> to me to delve into the characters and the setting and the... You know the details of life in the old folks' home, yeah. and um, Terry Jake's, you know, unusual lifestyle. Now, um, 
one of the things that's really fun is is the the pros and, and the feel of seeing a novel in progress mm -hmm. because this isn't really in many ways it's not a finished novel I mean mm -hmm. and, 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 <laughs> and, and that's a and that's a really again it's a very interesting balance you've got as a, as a literary experiment because right. you're showing us a novel that's clearly in a sense it's not finished and right. there's also I mean you abuse words in ways that any copy editor must have just you, you must have guys had had your editors just pulling your hair their hair out <laughs> <laughs> or maybe pulling your out talk about uh you know taking this um version of a like a novel in progress to present it as a final novel in this kind of like weird wrapper well you know we we were lucky. Like, I mean, it, I had a I had a year to work on my editor, and this was a woman who I had worked for four <laughs> books with. So, on some level, we had this trust. But I had to work on on her to make her understand that this was new, and and yes, it was crazy. But if you can, my feeling is, it doesn't matter how insane something is, if you can get people to turn the page, mm -hmm. that then you've done your job, and. You know, I like to play with form. I, I've done that a little bit with the Spellman books, but certainly this is completely outrageous. But you know, the the novel had to feel unfinished. It had to feel a little bit. Um, it had to feel crazy, but it also had to work. Like it had to have an ending that was satisfying, and and we had to give people a reason to keep reading. So the, finding the balance of all of that was very difficult. It took a lot of work and revising to... And to, we did revise, even to, though we deny that we did. To get that, <laughs> that right level of rawness took a lot of revision. And, right. You know, yeah. And I think that in terms of like Dave's role in the book and my role, I don't think that that was... like I didn't come into it knowing that this was what Dave was going to do. Dave was going to create characters and flesh out characters and avoid the mystery. It just... When we started the book, that's what happened, and then I realized, okay, so that is Dave's role. I, I didn't completely avoid it. I just Not, had, had my way, my own way of going about. Yeah, this. a lot of promises that you would address it, but you didn't. And then I, I think, don't respond well to threats. Okay, well. But I still like giving them. <laughs> that's not going to change. You're good at threats. I am. It's my, <laughs> it's my second language. Now. Um, as you guys were were writing this, it's so interesting to to read this. You know these two intertwining stories and, and the the way you balance the tension between them. Did you guys eventually have some kind of like a, a timeline and plot line in terms of how you were going to reveal your relationship? And were there, I mean, were there things that you said to one another in the in the course of doing this that were perhaps maybe a Regrettable. Um, you know, I think that we had gotten to the point where, I mean, I, I actually think that at this point, Dave and I wouldn't end up needing to fight and not speak. I think we sort of, we know each other's limits and we know what, what I think we know the kind of jokes, harsh jokes. I mean, for us, what you're reading is being harsh and funny. To, to us, is just sort of funny. I mean, when I was reading what he wrote to me, it wasn't um, it wasn't upsetting, mm. you know. And I, also, for Dave to criticize my 
whatever my simplicity or whatever. What do I care? I have four books out. Exactly. He had zero, you know. He always plays that card. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I was kind of immune to the insult. So I was like, right. yeah, I don't care. The chance to um, blow off steam between each chapter by writing those notes that mm-hmm. you read between the chapters, I think was essential. Yeah. Like you could, you're basically given license to say the worst, meanest yeah. possible thing to right. the person. And uh, it makes it a lot easier to kind of yeah. Keep going with the project. Uh, Dave, tell us about my favorite chapter in the book, the Dick and Jane chapter. Oh. <laughs> what well, made you was, do that? And that was, just seemed like the logical extension to um, Lisa's complaints that I, I was um, being too literary and pretentious. Um, it's just a chapter that is, is written in a slightly more sim- simplified style. <laughs> yeah. Without giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, you, you guys have a lot of really great characters in here. The, one of the things that make this book um, interesting is not just the character, you as characters, who are absolutely riveting from page one, but also uh, we really like Lacey and Paul and, and, and the gimpy strippers. <laughs> yes. so, so talk about, and it seems like some of these people just come out of, out of nowhere. So talk about, um, did you guys... Were they as surprising to you as writers as they are to us as readers? I think part of the reason that they seem surprising is that they're not just the product of one person's imagination. Right. So they, you know, they're surprising to both of us as well. Like I um, imagined Sook Felton a certain way, and Lisa imagined him <laughs> an entirely different way. So by the end of the book, there's sort of this composite that emerges, mm-hmm. right. and she she sort of wins that battle. I think I win the Sook of, battle. And sort of by the end, Sook is more looks more like her version of him than right. mine. But Brandy Chester, I Dave I totally that one, wins that so. one. And and I I will say that you know we we talk about how Dave and I got together and, and did some some outlining of plot. But what what is truly I think the most um, the most organic in the story is the characters because we we did not we were we had free reign to make the characters how we wanted to make them. So when Brandy Chester changes, and I don't, I don't want to give that away, I had no, I, I did not see that coming. I wanted a gimpy stripper. That's all I wanted. <laughs> now, I, I really like uh, Paul and Lacey and, and their, you know, their predicament as pot growers mm-hmm. because, you know, again, it's a peaceful business. They're peaceful people. The drug they're selling is, you know, essentially peace creating, yet right. they, they find themselves with a, with a headless body in their front yard, which is what begins the novel. And this plays off too, the coin toss that you, was there really a coin toss between you two? No. No coin toss. I, I was, I mean, you know. You, you set the, you put a, an iron heel down that we can't see under the table here. But. Later on, I mean, I don't know that I had always said I was going to get the final chapter, but as I watched how things were unfolding, at some point I said, I, I will be getting the final chapter. <laughs> Some cash was exchanged. <laughs> Dave, uh, talk about um, your sense of language. That you know, you you have a lot of fun making fun of yourself right. in this, and, and that must have been kind of entertaining to 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 just push yourself to you know recreate yourself. Each of you get right. to recreate yourself as characters. So talk yeah. about making the Dave Hay- Hayward character in the <laughs> book. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of fun. I, um, we and we referred to 
those characters as author Dave and author Lisa throughout mm-hmm. the writing process. Yeah. And so it was never like, oh, why don't you have, why don't you do this? It was, why doesn't Lisa, and, and that was really freeing to yeah. create this oh, so you, kind so of puppet character mm-hmm. that is a lot like you, mm-hmm. but is kind of a little, is a little more ridiculous. And then and exaggerated. Right. And then if yeah. one of us went too far, that wasn't me, that was author Lisa. <laughs> so, right. And so that when I when I wrote my first chapter, chapter two, um, I I tried to make it as different as possible from Lisa's chapter one. <laughs> um, which is is really lays out the premise very clearly. Mm-hmm. You know. It's a nice classic kind right. of crisp classic mystery clean, plot. engaging. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, mystery. <laughs> and so I um, immediately went in the other direction and did, tried to make it um, kind of lo- more um, more precious, but, but also but I also tried to make it good. So I was sort of making fun of my, myself, but also yeah. writing it as as well as I could. And by the time I was done with it, um, I was sure Lisa would be blown away by it. Like I thought, yeah, she, I imagined her just saying, "Wow, you really over delivered here." And, and, and what instead, was I, and like within maybe 15 minutes of emailing it to her, I got a phone call and uh, it was basically, what the hell are you doing? She really didn't, didn't quite get what I was trying to do. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing was that like, because I had this book, I had a vision and I had a vision of what Dave was going to do. And I, I don't know what Dave's going to do. So I think it took me a long right. time. To realize, wait a sec, my vision, it, it, it's not real. It's, it's just part of the structure of what this book will eventually be. But the vision has to leave, leave room open for accepting right. new and completely different things and for having the, my idea derailed, you know. And I think that's, that's true of all art, even just your own projects. Yeah. Your vision is not, it's not going to be what it what the piece of art becomes, yeah. Exactly. Just even more so in this case. No, that's so interesting. That's true. Yeah, I know you, it's a good place to get you going, but you, that's not where you're going right. to end up. Right. Yeah. Now, um, how long did it take you to do this? I think the first draft was about um, five, five uh, months. Does that sound about right, Dave? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I, I was really strict with Dave's schedule because... Mm. I knew, you know, from my career, I have to have a book come out once a year, and I, you know, you kind of need to build your audience that way, and I couldn't risk having, you know, spending all this time writing something that wasn't going to work. So I write fairly quickly, and especially with this book, was able to, because for whatever reason, it was very inspiring. Every time I got a chapter from Dave, I always had an answer immediately. I mean, it would take me like three hours to think about it. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. But um, Dave... You know, Dave's a perfectionist. Poets are like they're so detail oriented that he he would he would agonize over his chapters and they had to be perfect. Even if they weren't there wasn't any murder solving going on. They had to be perfect, imperfect. Yeah, which is exactly. which is that yeah. which is a double challenge. Yeah, which can be kinda of agonizing. But I was pretty brutal with my deadlines with him, like, you know, he wasn't allowed to So you wrote the whole book through once? And without, because I mean, the way books are often written these days, on a, when you're writing on a computer, there's, you know, often doing a draft, you know, by the time you finish the book, you've revised it 20 times. 
Right. Oh, we, we revised each chapter as we went. Right. Okay. Based on the other person's input. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. wasn't a huge, huge revision. I mean, Dave's more into, like, he line edits me all the time, and he mm-hmm. would, you know, go through and correct my <laughs> grammar and spelling and et cetera. But, and then there were a few chapters where we realized, I mean, with Dave, I think there was one or two chapters where I basically, like, sent it back, like, food in a restaurant. <laughs> I'm sorry, this needs to be yeah, cooked there were, more. There were cases where just to, to keep the plot on track uh, yeah. enough to keep the reader engaged, we I had to do something different. Right. And then we did another sort of one one or two more revisions sort of on our own, and that's when my editor got her pause on it, when she finally right. realized, oh, wait, I like this idea. <laughs> right. and, and then, then And that's when we had... That's when we reined in our notes to each other. Like mm. they were originally even more hostile. Oh, really? And, they and started our, out yeah. mean and ended mean. <laughs> they, from the get go, they were. Yeah. We're so comfortable in that mode with each other. Yeah, I know. But, but we don't realize how it comes across. Right. Mm. It made yeah. more sense with this project that they things start off pretty right. pretty civil and gradually right. fall apart. And I think actually the ed- my editor, Mary Sue, was very focused on the story because I think she really responded well to the, the mystery itself. And so mm-hmm. she wanted us to sort of, she knew we, we had to do more work on that, but it couldn't feel like we had revised it once again. So it was a very complicated thing. Like we can't, it can't look like we thought about, you know, uh, you know, it's, you, you can't have the gun in the first act and go off in the third act. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not that kind of thing. So we had to figure out how to flesh things out, but still have them seem spontaneous. And it was it was a difficult editing process. A finished, unfinished work. Right. And that's yeah. very crafty and so interesting. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's a really kind of a mind-boggling uh, <laughs> a, a sensibility that it took to put this together. Um, one of the things that, as readers, that's really interesting is to just see kind of what goes into a novel, you know, and to just see that kind of process unfold. And there, that creates a lot of tension for us, too. And so the, the levels of tension in this novel are really interesting. It's like a kind of like 15 rubber bands yeah. holding together, you know, popsicle sticks. Okay. <laughs> we, we hope that part of the suspense is like, how, are the, how is this going to hold together? Because like, mm-hmm. right. it's just constantly on the on the brink of right. Yeah, yeah. This, you, can, yeah. You, you keep waiting for you know, are they going to bring in Martians? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's the danger. Is you, I mean, it's tempting to just get really kooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, we didn't want to. No, write, you don't write a book that just came off as wacky or you know. No, no, you really yeah. do get a solid mystery in there, and I think that that's a solid, odd, and funny <laughs> mystery. Yes. <laughs> um, did you guys really have a, a disastrous road trip? No, we would never have taken a road trip together. Oh. I mean, we've we've know our limits. I mean, honestly, this is our first, uh, this book tour is like Mm -hmm. the first. Well, the trip to the the grandparents' detail, the the Thanksgiving dinner, that's that's all true. The Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. dinner, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that was a trip to, that was a bit of a road trip to Mm -hmm. Healdsburg for Thanksgiving. That was a rough night. Now, uh, you guys are embarked on a book tour now. Uh, how How is it going? So far, so good. It's great. Yeah, yeah. this is day three. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, do you think you're going to return to this form? It's so much fun. 
We'd love to, but it, you know, ultimately, it depends on whether we find an audience. Mm -hmm. and I stop getting some hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been getting hate mail from us? Getting this? a little bit of like just one, right? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, people like, when are you going to write another Spellman book? Can you just go back to what you're good at? That kind of thing, and and you know, complaints. I mean, here's the thing. I knew this book wouldn't be for everyone, mm -hmm. and I think Spell a lot of Spellman readers. It's not necessarily their cup of tea, but it does. I think that there's another audience we can reach mm -hmm. that's that's different, and um, so hopefully, if if people respond, I think that there's a way we can revisit the form. Uh, I've thought of a scenario in which it would not be preposterous for oh. us to come together again. I w I would love to see it. It's just such a blast to uh, <laughs> thank you to. Uh, uh, enjoy this kind of uh, this dueling uh, writers effect, <laughs> and it's an interesting uh, again look at you know kind of literature and, and because as readers we're uh, so we so often are used to the finished product, and but we always think about the process. So to kind of see a finished unfinished product is really uh, uh, an, an interesting uh, kind of contrast for us to wrap our readerly brains around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope people feel sort of challenged and, and, and um, just open to it. I think that what we're asking people, I mean, we're asking a lot of the readers, but I just hope that, I feel like we, we've provided enough entertainment to justify what yeah, we're, we're asking. It's meant to be a, a quick read. It's, yeah. it, we might be making it sound a little more sophisticated than... Oh no, it's, it a, it's a lightning fast read. It's really fun. That's one of the things I think that really makes it, it's very engaging. It, it really, literally, I read it about twice as fast as I normally read books. And, <laughs> and, and, and in circumstances that were somewhat hostile to reading. So it was... Right. It was what were those? <laughs> <laughs> I, I refused to Were to you being mugged at the time? Kidnapped? Almost, yeah. Kidnapped is closer to, to, to the case. Wow. But, Let's solve this okay. mystery. <laughs> oh no, Dave won't solve it. <laughs> Yeah, we we thought that you know if the book ever slowed down enough, then mm -hmm. it would kind of fall off the rails. Mm -hmm. Like you know, we had to keep it moving yeah. forward so that yeah. it could kind of get to the. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that in the portions that where you're writing just the straight mystery, mm -hmm. we can still see the authors as characters engaging one another and taking jibes at one another yeah. and and also you have a lot of fun with the footnotes commenting back and forth was that were those how many of those were real the f the footnotes the little footnotes comments where you put those oh in. i think they were all real I, oh, mean, really? I think they're all very natural comments <laughs> that i mean we had to scale them back because Dave didn't want to do too many footnotes. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the footnotes. So the Spellman books are all loaded up with footnotes. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Loaded. Um, but some people don't like footnotes. But I, I, for me, one of the most important things was that within the, the mystery itself, we are inserting ourselves in various ways. It couldn't be, we didn't want to overwhelm the reader with it, but there certainly comes to a point where my hostility towards what Dave's doing in the story cannot be contained in the in the notes at the end of the chapter. It's going to bleed into the chapter itself. Yeah, yeah good choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've been speaking with Lisa Lutz and David Hayward. Their new book is Heads You Lose. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Lisa and David. Thanks, Rick. Thank you.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.